Hello, everybody. Welcome to Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Hey, hey, hey. Hey there. We got a very special guest. We got Nate from Apples and Genos in the house. What's up, man? Going good, going good. Glad to be here. Happy to have you, man. Tell us about you before we get into anything, like where people can find you, what they can click on, what they can look at, read, all that stuff. Yeah, best place to find me is on Twitter, uh, at Apples Genos, so A-P-P-L-E-S-G-I-N-O-S. Hopefully my spelling holds up. Spelling checks out. Yeah, I have a Discord going. That's basically where all my articles get posted. Uh, during the off-season here, I've been posting an article about every other week. During the season, it's two a week. Nice. Yeah, that's at Apples and Genos, all one word, dot wordpress.com, if you want to check that out. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Put the link in the show description tonight. What we plan to do is pull back the curtain on confirmation bias. Like, right? Like there's all, it happened to me today. Connor Garland goes to Vancouver. I'm talking to some of the guys in the discord. I'm just weaseling. I'm shoehorning Connor Garland onto power play one. And I just can't find a spot. Maybe it's Horvat because there's face off redundancies on power play one. But I just like Connor Garland so much that I need him to be on power play one. Like in the heart of my heart, I believe he's there. So what we're doing today is we're going to pull back that curtain on our confirmation bias. We're going to talk about guys that we like, guys that we don't like, guys that have burned us. And maybe we'll get into some early breakout calls that we can keep us accountable and things like that. And I think I think it's important to like show our bias when it comes to these players, Evgeny Kuznetsov, this is a player that I don't like. So there's a little bit of a spoiler alert, but it's so true. Just straight out of the gate. He sucks. And like, I will never, I'll never recommend him. Like it's harder for me to recommend him. He can go on, you know, 20 points in 10 games. And I'm still like, I don't know. So it's important for you as a listener to know that we have these biases and just, just read through it. So that's, that's kind of where I wanted to go with this one. Before we get there, Nate, I want to get some of your takes on some of these trades that have happened. It was a really busy couple of weeks, especially with the expansion draft and the weekend following. Who do you think, just off the top of your head, who's the biggest benefactor of this trade frenzy and who are the biggest losers? I really love Seth Jones uh, going to Chicago. I just can't see how he doesn't outperform what he is able to do in Columbus. And what he did in Columbus was really valuable, especially for bangers leagues. Getting into Chicago where he should Ride shotgun with Kanan to bring it. Sign me up. I'm all about that. Sign me up. I do like Atkinson to Philadelphia. They, I feel like they they needed a shooter there a little bit. Um, so I like that. Obviously, getting out of Columbus again, not bad for anybody. So I do like that one. And then on the other side, Voracek going to Columbus. I'm, I doubt I'll be touching Voracek pretty much anywhere. There's the off chance that he just develops some insane chemistry with Line A, but. I'm I'm just not going to be there. I kind of thought it was a it was a perfect fit for both teams. Voracek, a playmaker, probably fits into the top six. You got two shooters there. You got Line, you got Bjorkstrand. He's going to be playing with one of them. Is there something that leads you to believe that that you know might not be a good marriage? Mostly, it's just Voracek as a player. Like some of his advanced stats have been going down uh, year over year for the past couple of years. So I just think he's probably on his way out. Um, that's not to say that, and sometimes these passers, they can stick around a little longer than, uh, some of the other guys who rely on, uh, getting open and getting their shots off and stuff. But I've just been kind of out on Voracek for a little while, just because I've seen that drop off coming. I don't know when it'll be, but I'm just willing to be wrong on him basically. Yeah. The way the league is trending this off season, the trend is get out of Buffalo, get out of Columbus. Jake Voracek did 
the exact opposite. So I can, <laughs> I can see your point there. Let's get into guys we like more than you. Raj and Zach, I want to hear from you guys. Whoever wants to kick in first, who do you like more than me? Actually, you know what, Zach, I want to start with you because I don't want to hear about a Vancouver Canuck just yet. <laughs> well, we're going to hear about at least one Vancouver Canuck because I have one on my guys. I, like I will more. take the over on one. I'm going to start off with a... You know, actually a pair of people that I know that I like a lot more than other people, and that's David Krejci and Craig Smith. That's true, yeah. Them being on the same line, you know, Krejci coming up this year is a UFA, well, right now, and Smith signed up until 23-24. But, dude, Krejci had a fantastic season last year and, and always quiet, 44 points in 51 games. Um, that's good for .86 points per game. That is right in line with, you know who – just on the other side of him, also with 0.86 points per game, Jack Eichel and Braden Point. That's good company. That's good company. That's good company. And these two players click, and they they play well, and they play well in stretches together. They're both they're both streaky players. And when they get on the same streak, them being line mates, it's really great to pick both of them up. A lot of times you can pick um, Craig Smith up on you know in, on the waiver wire. Um, I think David Krejci is more draftable. Uh, but I think you can get them both for really cheap, and they can pay real dividends. 71-point pace. Taylor Hall just signed a four-year contract. Nick Ritchie was not extended a qualifying offer. Good for Taylor Hall. That's going to be top power play for him. Let's let's play a game here. If David Krejci doesn't sign with Boston, what team would you like him to, or do you think would be the best fit? He will sign in Boston. I think so, too. I think he just he will so. he will sign him. It's going to be one year contracts into the sunset. I think. Yeah, he just fits so well, and that line is so good. Like, yeah, it, he just fits so well. I, I just I don't think at this point he'd he'd bother going to a new team. That they don't have the center depth to be fucking around with not re-signing him. They're in on Christian Dvorak, so there's there's balls in the air. Well, here. there you go. So it might center depth. It might. It might. Raj, if you had to pick one that wasn't Boston, who would it be? For Krejci to go to, well, I mean, there's like Vegas. I was that's that was gonna be my answer. That was gonna be my answer. I think Vegas. There's a, a ready made top spot for him. Yeah, and Vegas has struggled with a a real center. I mean, other than Carlson's freak forty goal, whatever that was, you know. Yeah, I would. I would love to see him in Vegas, and and it, he fits into their weird, like sort of old guy, overperforming old guy situation that they like in Vegas. So I think they could. He'd be great him. in between patches and Mark Stone. Great. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. What about you, Nate? Who do you like more than us? Who do I like more than you guys? I'm gonna say my first one right off the top. I'm going Oliver Wallstrom. This guy came in. He only averaged 12 minutes, 23 average time on ice. But in that time on ice, like he put up 1.3 hits per game. I uh, had 12 goals in 44 games. This is the stat that really blows my mind. Uh, natural stat trick, uh, which is where I get most of my advanced stats. They have uh, individual scoring chances four per 60. And he was 18th in all strengths, individual scoring chances four per 60 in the entire league. Now, obviously, low time on ice, so it's maybe a little less impressive, but he was putting pucks on net from dangerous areas. It's actually pretty impressive. Like, his Corsi 4, 55%, fourth on the team behind the top line, Barzal, Lee, Eberle. 
and now Eberly's out of town. So to me, the obvious step Damn there, bad. I don't. I think they just plop him right in. I think he's ready to go. If he gets up there, gets like 16 minutes, I can see 25 goals, 50 points, upside for more if he really takes off. But um, I think he's a really nice candidate to watch. Gives you the hits, gives you the upside. What's not to like? I agree. I think he's a perfect candidate for that for that top line spot. Vacancy left by Eberly. You know who I like a lot that uh, it's kind of... <laughs> no, Risto. Oh, I okay. Yeah, I really like. I think in in fantasy in particular, I don't know about hockey, hockey, but um, he gets overlooked because his advanced stats are garbage. But in in terms of fantasy, he's like he's the Connor McDavid of hits, right? Like he's he's gonna win you categories in categories leagues, um, and in you know. Winning goals is the same as winning hits, right? In a categories league, it's it's a category. It doesn't matter which one it is. One, some are sexier than others to look at, but a guy like Risto is going to kind of put you into an elite position with uh, with peripherals, which he's a guy that, again, like his <clears throat> advanced stats and things like that, kind of disagree with him, which just buffalo. But kind of agree. It, uh, I think in terms of uh, fantasy, he's he's super valuable. As a as a plug that you can get late, kind of feel like the same thing happened to Seth Jones. Like everybody turned on Seth Jones over the last two years. It was the same people that were calling Seth Jones a dark horse Norris candidate three years ago are the same people that are shitting on him right now. So it's just you rooting for whatever color of the box is on these player cards, and you know you flip the switch. I think good things are going to happen for both of them. Getting out of Buffalo is probably the best thing that can happen for him. Plus minus is going to be is not going to be an issue anymore. I mean, maybe it's got depending to, on how hard goes, but it's got to improve your mood at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm last to go. I want to talk about Nikolai Ehlers, and this one is uh, it's a big change for me because every single year I just forget about Ehlers. He's like that player that that gets drafted. I'm just like, oh shit! I I can't believe like he didn't even hit my radar at all. For some reason, I just forget about him. I'm making it a point this year not to do that. Uh, I think he's going to be huge. I think he's going to flirt with point per game once again. 80-point pace last year with power play two usage, 34% of the power play share. You got to figure he could he could get power play one time this year. I mean, Stasny just resigned. He was the most, most used kind of fringe forward on that top power play. You got to stop. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers is the guy. He's got shots over three. He was 11th in shots per 60 and points per 60. You know, there's red flags there. He was getting a ton of secondary assists. So there's like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. My thinking is that, you know, maybe the secondary assists drop, but the power play deployment goes up and I think it's just going to wash out. So I do think he's a good, strong candidate to flirt with point per game. Again, might get overlooked in drafts. He's just somebody I don't think about, which is weird. And I'm sure there's somebody else out there that, that feels the same way. Or maybe he falls. He's just somebody that kind of like fades to closer to the double digit rounds. So I think there's going to be value with Nikolai Ehlers and I think he's going to pay off no matter where you draft him after, you know, maybe round seven. Uh, but dude, I, I think Nikolai Ehlers is going to have one hell of a year. All right, uh, Zach, you started off. Who else do you like more than me? More than everybody? Anybody who's going to take over Pavel Buchnevich's spot. Even if it's uh, Capo Caco? I should have put him in guys I dislike. Even if it's Capo Caco. 
More okay. likely, I think it's going to be either Kravtsov or Lafreniere. Um, both are left-handers and both can play the right side. It's more likely that Lafreniere will stay on that left side, but if he is that third wheel, then I'm down for it. If it's Vitaly Kravtsov, then I'm down for it. And that's the kind of, I, I'm looking for those dark horse candidates, as you would say, those third, those third wheels. I love that. I love it. So that way you can get them real cheap. Uh, I think that anybody who's playing with him is a draftable player. Buchnevich was great in that spot. If somebody else can take it and hold it, they will have value. Could you imagine if it was Sammy Blay? Somebody that you <laughs> like, you really like more than other people. There is something about Sammy Blay I like. That that was a trade that Zach likes more than other people. <laughs> <laughs> you get Sammy Blay, you win the trade. Sure, sure. Jack Drury having a having an off season. All right, Nate, who's the uh, next guy that you like more than most? I'm gonna go with Nazem Kadri. I don't think many people like this guy. Uh, yeah, you definitely like him more than me. Yeah. Probably because he's made a living making people pissed off at him. But loved him while he was in Toronto. Obviously, rooting for the Leafs here. Unfortunately, yeah. Even since he's gone to Colorado still like what he does for my fantasy team this year was down I think there's a lot of bad luck that went into that 6.5 percent uh shooting percentage on the year his career is like closer to double that so that was pretty wild to see 8.5 percent team on ice shooting percentage Colorado should be like 10.5 so he should get two percent there uh now we got Donskoy gone who has taken a lot of the top power play time possibly Landeskog gone now we'll see what happens there um, so Burakovsky and him are fighting it out, I guess, for power power play one. Um, Burakovsky. So <laughs> I know you guys like Burakovsky. <laughs> I I can't figure out. He's how the one guy that keeps... just like five hole likes more than most people. <laughs> but yeah, his advanced stats were actually better than twenty nineteen twenty. So like, I don't think there's anything going on behind the scenes with him. Like he's fallen off. He's thirty, so he's should be close to the peak of his game. I think he's got a solid chance as anybody to go back to roughly a 60-point pace next year if he does get that top power play. Still going to vote for Burakowski, but yeah, if there's two vacancies on the top power play, what with Landeskog out? I can yeah. see it. Who went next? I'm, I'm already losing it. Is it? It's Raj. Raj is up. Raj. Raj. Lay the Canucks on me, bud. Actually, not yet. Zach's got the Canucks. <laughs> Somebody that I like more than other people, and I still do, even though he completely fucking broke my heart this year, is Travis Konechny. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, you like him more than me, though. I think I own him in every league, and uh, this was not the year to do so. But um, <laughs> I do think like with F- Philly is putting an all-around push on to get better. Um, they're Actually, I think they're, the team is much better. And uh, I just think I don't I don't know what the hell was going on there this year with between Carter Hart and him and uh, you know not much was happening there. I, I really think a bounce back's in order, and I just like the way he is, and particularly in categories leagues, <laughs> I don't have one of those. I don't have a bright orange. It's one. a scorecard game sheet, whatever. Nice. It's got teaks on it, so. It's probably got no check marks if it was a score sheet for him this year, but next year I think he'll be back to back somewhere towards what he was last year. I mean, he he led the team last year in scoring. 
and he hits. He he talks shit. He does all the things that chirps per sixty, man. Yeah, chirps per sixty. We gotta find. Uh, Fantrax probably has that at this point. <laughs> how deep they are, but yeah, I really like him. I think especially in fantasy. Again, I just think it's it's praying for a bounce back, but I don't think it's too too far of a stretch to to believe he's gonna come back. I'm hoping for it, man. There's a lot of people here in Philly that, like most of the beat writers, are pegging Cam Atkinson for that top line, which has TK on line two with Farah B and Hayes, which is not a bad place to be. So we'll see how it checks out and whether or not he gets top power play. But I'm I'm rooting for that because, you know, it's no surprise we're Flyers fans. So my next guy is not going to be a surprise to many. It's uh it's Sam Bennett. I think there's maybe one person in the world, and that's Nate. Not this one, but a uh, Nate from um, Australia. Nate Graham, what's up, dude? That likes Sam Bennett as much as me. We we were, you know, ecstatic when he got traded. I, I do want to say that, you know, like 20 points in 15 games with Florida, that's 15 and 10 in the regular season, then 5 and 5 in playoffs. Over a point per game is going to disappoint some people. That is not where we should be. That's not him. I, I don't think that's there. I mean, he just re-signed today. He's looking like a 2C. There are people out there that think, you know, Reinhardt might be a center, so we'll see how that how that shakes out. I think he's going to remain power play one net front, and he's going to cover categories as he had, you know, in Calgary as he does in Florida now. I got him down for like sixty five to seventy points with great periphery. So I think you know people are going to overdraft him, which is something that is you know I maybe I won't own him this year, but I'm still going to be rooting for the guy. Um. You know, I, th- I think he's gonna he's gonna pay off, but people are gonna overdraft him, thinking that last year's Sam Bennett in Florida is Sam Bennett. Well, it's you the amount you talked him up <laughs> before he even performed, and that then helps, he did yeah. perform. Yeah. So everybody who knows you is probably already drafted him. They like re- pre-reserved him for next season based, based I have, on how much you talked <laughs> him up this yeah. year. <laughs> pre-order on the ADP. Um, there is part of me that like thinks. He thrives when there's a chip on his shoulder. And now that he's got a four-year deal in Florida, maybe there's not that adrenaline in his system that that you know that brings him up to what we call playoff Bennett. Because in Calgary, when he was in the regular season, he was like a 20-point pace guy. And then he went up to like 55 in the playoffs. And then in Florida, you can imagine that he probably had that same like, you know, I'm gonna show you what I got kind of mentality. Um, chip on his shoulder, and then he went absolutely off in good deployment with Jonathan Huberto. They built great chemistry together, and maybe he gets comfortable. Maybe that chip goes away, and we saw it in the playoffs. Um, you know, he he steps up when he's got that chip on his shoulder, goes playoff Bennett, and the step up from there is suspended Bennett. So I just don't know if uh, – <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> – I. Th- you know, anybody that's hoping for point per game or better is going to be disappointed. I think that's the roundabout of what I'm trying to say. So I, I got him for like, you know, 65 to 70, give or take a few on either side. I think that's a pretty liberal place to have him. Like, I'm, I'm still not even too comfortable with that. But that's where, you know, my bias and my objective kind of heart is 65 to 70. I think it's I think it's a good lock. All right. Uh, who's up, Zach? I believe so. And I'm going to go with uh, one of my Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm going with Nick Robertson. All right. I know that uh, his brother is more the talk of the town, uh, but I do think that he is either going to be a third wheel on one of the first two lines. 
whether it's playing with Matthews and Marner or whether it's playing with Tavares and Nylander. Um, I think that he's, you know, seems to be flying under the radar as opposed to, you know, some of the other younger players in, in the NHL. And I think he is a bright future as well. He hits, he blocks, uh, he forechecks, which, remember, is exactly what they're losing in Hyman. Um, so I, I think watch out for, you know, Nick Robb to, uh, to possibly have a little bit of a breakout this year to go along with his brother's breakout last year. And Rob and J-Rob. I think J-Rob is a pretty good, you know, for, for the five-hole brand, guys we like a lot. Yeah. I just don't know if we like him more than anybody because I, I feel like I don't know that anybody dislikes Jason Robertson. So that might be contentious. There was so, I, I wanted to put him into one of the guys I liked more, but it's like, what what is there not to like? He didn't, like, he didn't streak. He didn't do anything crazy. He was just like... So likable and good, and not, no expectations at the start of the season. There's something to say for reliability. I think, yeah, Zach, you're you're spot on. If, if you can land in a top six spot in Toronto, hopefully that works out. Hopefully it's not Alex Galchenyuk. But yeah, um, fingers crossed for for Nicholas Robertson. Uh, that that's Nate next, right? I don't know if the rotation, whatever. Fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. Snake draft. <laughs> Ranger style. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I like Nick Robertson a lot. He was one of my honorable mentions. I think he fits better with Tavares Nylander, personally. Uh, I don't think he's... Marner's kind of the peripheral guy on the top line, and we like to have Matthews and Hyman go out-muscle people on the boards and get Marner in space and get him to get lost out there. So, so not peripheral, think, like, hits and blocks. Peripheral is yeah, like... Uh, yeah. Extra piece. Yeah. Gotcha. I think he I think he would fit with Tavares Nylander though, so if that happens that'd be that'd be pretty exciting. Uh but That's the guy I I, I wanted to talk about was uh Seth Jones. Um we talked about him a little at the top here, but like twenty second in hits, seventeenth in blocks among defensemen last year. He had a forty one point pace in Columbus. Like I don't see how you don't at least give him fifty this year. And if he goes for 50 points with some upside for maybe more, if all goes perfectly, then you probably have like a top 10, maybe even top five bangers, bangers league defenseman. And like you said, like I think everybody is off Seth Jones right now. Like everybody views him as a, like a third guy in your, in your fantasy lineup. And I think he could actually end up being one of the most valuable guys this year. He's all red in the analytics community, man. He's nothing but red squares. How is how is anybody going to draft him appropriately, right? In his yeah. best year, I think how how many power play points did he have in his best year? I think it was close to twenty. I think that should be you know if he plays a full season, that should be pretty easy to yeah. beat when it comes to you know you're playing with Patrick Kane, hopefully Jonathan Taze, Alex Brinkett. Yep, I'm with you. We we talked about it in our last episode that I think you know fifty fifty five is is doable. I'm with you too. Is that it's just Raj that that's one? against us. Let's gang up on him. <laughs> <laughs> Did Raj take the push on Ellis or Jones? 50 for Jones. I think, I think it was Jones. 50. Exactly. 50 He's going to get exactly 50 points. Not a point less, not a point more. Exactly 50. <laughs> exactly 50 points. All right. Hopefully that comes back and bites us all in the ass. Raj, you're up, buddy. Well, several players that I, I kind of... Hold on. 
I need to I need to do have a shot of moonshine before I actually say this out loud. Oh no. Bob. Raj didn't like the moonshine. <laughs> he looked worried. Raj didn't like it. <laughs> like, he was like, oh no. <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. <clears throat> I'm good. Um, Prove it. Bob Rofsky. Oh, come on. No, like, I know. I know. It's not like you uh, said that as you... two separate names. Like, his first name is Bob, and his last Bob name was Rofsky. Rofsky. Bob Rofsky. He's a. Uh, Drieger's gone, which was a, a threat. The team is is I think better than they were. Um, I think Florida's gonna be fucking good this year, actually. And it makes uh, a goalie in. in in terms of a fantasy. I think he's essentially back to being a workhorse style goalie this year. There will be a full season. Uh, they don't have Drieger there, so they kind of don't have that that reliable backup. Um, I think he's going to play a lot, and I just feel like he's going to bounce back. I mean, I've been a, a huge critic of his for a long time, um, but I have a feeling he's going to – I'm going to be having Bob for the first time ever in fantasy this year. I will be getting him. I got two things for you. First one is it sounded like you're calling Spencer Knight not a legit backup. Hmm. Maybe a 25% backup, yeah. But not like Drieger right. was. Not like Drieger was. The second Drieger thing was is fucking just incredible. For semantics, the name of the episode is players that you like more than us. I think you're spot on. You definitely like Bobrovsky more than me. <laughs> oh, I like him. I, I've gone from this much to this much, and I feel like that's actually more than most people are going to like him this year. And I, I feel like he's going to be one of the players that Zach might talk about that has burned a bridge that might have jaded him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's hurt my feelings. He's hurt me in the past. Cap leagues notwithstanding, of course. <laughs> my last guy, uh, Nate, you and I talked about this guy earlier today, Joel Erickson Eck. I know you got him pegged for like a Sorelli and, you know, I know you said Sorelli, but I kind of feel like you might think he's in the Deneau kind of category, defensive forward with not a ton of offense. Uh, his even strengths per hour shots right up there with Rantanen and Montreal, uh, not Montreal, Minnesota's power play was the worst power play in 40 years for the first half of the season. I think if, if Erickson, can get some meaningful power play time, if the offense clicks, I think maybe he can get into that Couturier range. I'm not saying he's going to get like, I know we kind of classify him and I'm using all these like kind of typecasting him and with all these uh, defensive forwards, like, you know, the high end would be Barkov and, and Bergeron. But I think he, maybe he can be like a Couturier. He can start to flirt with that 60-ish range. This year, I think he had a 44-point pace, which is, you know, it's nothing special. But I definitely like Minnesota the most, more than most people. That's easy enough to say. And uh, Joel Erickson Eck as your 1C. Um, you and I, Nate, we disagree on how Rossi is going to get deployed at the beginning of the season, I think they're going to ease him in just because that's, you know, that's asset management in my point, from my point of view. I think that, you know, he'll start off on the third line, work his way up to the second. I do think he's going to be a 1C by the end of the year, but I think Eric Sinek is going to have enough time to 
make a name for himself offensively. So I definitely like Erickson. I definitely like Greenway more than most people. Um, everybody but Victor Rask in Minnesota, I like more than more than everybody else. So that's where I'm at with Eck. I like it. Jeek. I, I, I got to hear a retort. I know I can oh, see you, you're brimming with it. <laughs> no, I just, I, I like the player a lot. Like, I do think he's got more offense to give 100%. I just have zero confidence that Evison is actually going to use him like that. Like, he just didn't all year, even though he had literally no one else. Um, so I just have zero confidence that once you introduce somebody like Rossi, if they do swing an Eichel deal or something big like that, yeah, like big I just have zero there. confidence that he's gonna get like more than like thirty percent offensive zone starts and get the opportunity to do anything. I do agree that he's a fantastic player, though. He was playing seventeen minutes. This is a guy that's gonna be their shutdown center. Two point one shots a game, and and like I said before, shots on goal per sixty right around Rantanen. So just imagine he gets into that Rantanen range. Granted, he had a 16% shooting percentage. His career is right around 10. So there's there's a red flag right there. So maybe I'm eating crow, but I think it's going to be delicious. I'm going to love eating that crow <laughs> because, you know, there's hits, there's shots, there's more time on ice that's coming his way. And I think, you know, 50 points is is an easy floor. And I think there's there's a 65-point upside. Granted, the he had two power play points this year, two. So if, if the power play clicks, if he gets meaningful power play time, I think Erickson could be somebody that, you know, surprises a lot of people. But I could also just as easily see him being a defensive forward that doesn't play much power play because he's on the PK. He's, his minutes are better used elsewhere. I could see that too. But I'm rooting for the kid. That's what I'm saying. Um, who, who's got anybody left? I mean, I, I could throw in a, a couple of honorable mentions at least. I did. Yeah, I did want to, you know, say something about Connor Garland. Um, I do think that that is a fantastic trade for Vancouver. When I said Thank the other you. day you were going to love Connor Garland, I truly mean you were going to love Connor Garland. I think he's going to play really well. Hopefully, on that second line with Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat can do those stretch passes. He is great at passing out of the zone to a streaking Connor Garland. I can see it now. I think it's going to be really good. Then, other than that, I have Tom Wilson, uh, just because he's wildly handsome and he does it all except for stay on the ice. That's his biggest problem. Um, so if he can stay on the ice, he can get the he can get the points, he can get the hits, he can get the everything. Um, I like him big for categories leagues uh, as long as he can stay on the ice. Tom Wilson got engaged today, so off the market, bud. Oh, that pitch is going down. It's just, a <laughs> it's just a diversion. Uh, anybody else got any, you know, honorable matches? One could say I like JT Miller more than other people. I mean, people um, love JT Miller. The hell are you talking about? Well, that's about? the thing. He, Not like Raj. He's uh, <laughs> in categories leagues in particular. He just he fills them out. He's a. Uh, he's JT Miller. He's he's good. Um, <laughs> Math checks out. That's that, a very right? good pro. That's <laughs> that, pros and cons list. Boom. Check that. Uh, that's the place I, for the team I like. I got that from Evolving Hockey, actually. That was the, that's uh, their catchphrase. The, yeah, yeah. The other one that I like, actually, uh, probably more than other people this year, uh, is Crosby. 
Crosby, I've noticed in our in our mocks so far, has dipped a little bit. I think he's so is Malkin. He's fucking good. Well, that's because Malkin is. He ain't got much left in the tank. I don't think. Last year was was an outlier. He's gonna be on my bounce backs. I guarantee it. Yeah, but I do like. I think Crosby is still, you know, top fifteen kind of kind of guy. So. Which I don't think most people do, so I think I, I like him as, a, as an honorable uh, mention. I have a player that, for me, transitions into the players we dislike because he's on both of my lists. He's actually on all of my lists. So it's a love-hate relationship? <laughs> yeah, a guy that I dislike who I'm sounds going like to like. Goalie. This, it sounds okay. like Lafreniere. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's trying hate. so hard to dig himself out of the hole he dug Yeah, last Flippy McFlopperson <laughs> over here. Uh, okay. <laughs> Flippy <laughs> McFlopperson. What's the hole I dug last year? He got like fucking four points or something. You started right. talking shit on the guy before he even set foot on the ice. I know. And because every I talk shit on him being a 70-point player like you guys all took him at. That is ended- not true. Now you are just exaggerating. I'll, I have the player. screen cap overrated over here. But I would no, love, he was. Yeah, I would love to he, see where I said he was. He points. was shitty all year, and then at the last uh, third of the year, he started to do well, and I think next year he is going to be uh, very good. But yeah, he's he's the guy who I I didn't like before, who I think is now growing into the player he's supposed to be. But I don't know how you could look at this season and say that's a successful season for him. It definitely was not. I see what you're saying. A player that changed my mind is, is Sam Reinhardt. I didn't like his face. But I liked his uh I liked his box score, so that was enough. <laughs> Mr. Gino's, do you have any honorable mention? Uh probably just Kevin Fiala for me. Um I do think he's really good shot producer. If he ever got a center that wasn't Ryan Hart. Yeah, Ryan Victor Hartman. Rask. Rask was with God. Kaprizov, I think, which makes Kaprizov even more impressive, but um. Yeah, I think if they ever get him a center, I think Fiala could take off and be a point per game guy. But till then, he'll be what he is. Imagine if it rhymed with Jack Eichel. That would be incredible. That would be. I don't. For I don't think. Reasons. I don't think it will happen. But I can't wait for Zach Michael to get traded. <laughs> yeah, <that>. right. Like <laughs> what fucking rhymes with Jack Eichel? Zach uh, Michael is gonna tear it up. Only honorable mention I got is Aaron Eckblad. I've been on this guy's jock since 2019 before his 50-point breakout. So, you know, just being right about somebody definitely endears him into your heart. And that's how it was with Bennett. That's how it is for Eckblad for me. I think next year is going to be great. Two years ago, excellent at even strength. Last year, not so much at even strength, but excellent on the power play. Put those two together, and you got a 65-point defenseman. So if everything clicks right. Uh, Ekblad's gonna he's gonna surprise a lot of people, but I think he gets drafted accordingly. I think people people are in on him. So there's not there's not that kind of value. Guys that we like, guys that we dislike more than you. This one's gonna be easy, and it's it's gonna be I think a lot more fun. Um, I'm gonna start off with Evgeny Kuznetsov just because he fucking sucks. <laughs> I don't know why people draft him. He fucking sucks. He's not good at anything. If you can tell me one category that he's been good at in the last three years, I'll change my tune. He's just not. He, he's got name cachet, and there's nothing else there. He's going to get traded, so my tune could change pretty quick. Uh, hopefully he gets traded. Um, I think he'd be great in Edmonton. 
let's say like you, you know, you throw Hyman on a line with Dreisaitl and McDavid and then have Kuznetsov with Yamamoto and, and Ryan Genuge and Hopkins. There's there. I mean, there's, you can have some fun with that shit, but I don't like Kuznetsov. I don't like him, I, you know, especially for fantasy. He, he gets drafted. Substances per 60. He's way up there. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's not necessarily a con for me, but, you know. <laughs> Who doesn't like a score or two, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, just, yeah, you know, sucks. people people are so hard on Kuznetsov, and they refuse to drop him just because of that cachet behind his name. And, you know, it's just, it's stubborn, and I'm stubborn in my dislike for him. There's literally nothing that he does anymore that, that is worth having on a roster, at a, at a position that's as deep as center. Kuznetsov is waiver wire material. He has been for the last three years, and he's not somebody that I, I, you know, I just, we said it before we went on air. If he goes on a 20-point in 10-game spree, I'm still going to feel iffy about recommending him or, or talking good about him just because I just don't think he's a good player. So that's where I'm at. Anyway, Raj, who do you hate? Uh... <laughs> I hate Lafreniere, uh, but he's going to be good. I The guy that I dislike, um, especially right now, is fucking Giordano. Like, I just do not this get this. Guy. Like, let's base a franchise on this guy. Well, it I, seems I, I, like it, such a nice person. He's a wonderful for the community. He's, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what he just he just but, doesn't do anything. But I hate him. He just yeah, doesn't. But what a he just isn't. Shit. He isn't very good. <laughs> he just isn't very good at hockey. He was once. <laughs> like, he yeah, was when he fi- went to Norris. He was fine, and then Calgary all of a sudden was just everybody. Oh, it was a Calgary whole other. Was that one year, that year. That one year. Yeah. Right, and then I don't know. I just he's a guy. I just I just think is very. Uh, overrated in all kinds of ways. They had a PDO printing press that year. Yeah, over, we'll over performance. He, he could be good. Who wants to go next? Who do you, who do you guys hate? All right, I gotta get this out there first off. I just hate goalies. Um, <laughs> all of them. I, oh, you're gonna fit I in. Would, I would prefer <laughs> never to draft one if I could. Um, I've talked about this a lot in my articles and on Twitter and stuff, but. Man, they're just like the worst investment you can make on draft day. Uh, I wrote an article about it, but I looked at the ADP um, where they were being drafted coming into the season on Yahoo. So the goalies ranked by ADP 1 to 15 uh, had an average finish of 22.9 at the position, and the goalies uh, ranked 16 to 30 by ADP came out to 26.6 so that's four ranking spots worth of positional advantage over a seven round difference in average draft position so goalies i like i did it in the the monday mock there the other week and i i took spencer knight and i forget who the other one is oh jake ottinger i took them both in the last two rounds and that was it that's it i'll take two shots on goalies and i'll pick the waiver wire for the rest I'm not well, doing well there really is only two there's still vazzy and hellebuck and if you don't get them i totally agree 
I totally agree with the zero G after those two guys, but like if you can get that is a huge advantage over replacement if you if you get Vasilevsky, but it's pretty much just that. You know? And plus, goalies like they are more injury prone. It's an injury prone position, so I haven't done a full study on that. Maybe I should work on that next. But like goalies get hurt a lot more than anybody else, so yeah, they do. I just I just don't want it. To see your Google history after that, just groin injuries and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> goalie groins. <laughs> Tell me all about them. Zach, not who do you hate, man? Not images. Um, so I have a feeling that the players that I like less than, you know, quote unquote you, and the players I like for no or I dislike for no reason, there's they all seem to be pretty you know, interchangeable, except for this first player. And this one's, I think, going to surprise you a little bit because I do very much so like this player, and that's Cole Caulfield. Let me start by saying, you know, Caulfield is a supreme young talent, but, dude, the pendulum is too high since what he showed and what the Canadians showed in the playoffs last year. Um, I think that the fall back down to earth and the regression of the Canadians as a whole team is going to find him overdrafted. And that's what we talked about before, and I I really want to emphasize that. Uh, the way I see it is we saw like the same thing happen with Ryan O'Reilly just a couple of years ago. Ryan O'Reilly had an amazing playoffs, and, and that's what I feel like a lot of us in fantasy tend to do. We'll watch those players. It's that recency biases, and you see these players that are doing fantastic. Cole Caulfield blew me away in the playoffs. But then again, Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly did the same thing the other year, and then his draft stock just rose like rose 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 and he went up probably i'm guessing what probably four or five rounds now the whole thing is cole caulfield we don't have anything to base it off of as far as adp this year i just think that he is going to go higher than i am willing to draft him i wouldn't be willing to draft him you know in anything that is a single digit round and it seems to be that he might be he might be getting drafted in the drafted in the ninth round or lower, and I'm not willing to pay for that. I think there's a lot of hype there. It's a high skin in. Remember, so much hype though. Like everyone's saying, oh, he was so amazing in the playoffs. Twelve. And he was in amazing in games. the playoffs. He was amazing. It's not that he wasn't, and so was Nick Suzuki. Twelve but points in twenty games. That's not amazing at the, all. I mean, it's a fucking decent it debut was, right yeah it was the visual yeah it was just the visual of it like people are not drafting on the ice when when yeah. your average fan can watch like a hockey game in the playoffs and say wow i noticed that guy playing you know what i mean Plus sure. his first name rhymes with goals so that's going to be a big selling point that will Goal be big caulfield. On Come on. but about all the fantasy hockey names next year that are going to be gold caulfield do you think he's going to be drafted at a 50-point pace? I don't think so. He's no, being drafted he's going to get drafted like a 75-point player. Yeah, So, and I, I think he, he'll probably be uh, maybe a 60-point pace would be a great season. But he's going to be think like about that. the Habs. I don't even know about that, though. That's the thing. Like, I, I truly think that the Canadians are going to take a step back. Like, I really do. Like, they, they caught lightning in a bottle there for the playoffs. And I don't think that it's going to, you know, uh, translate into, you know, 
into the regular season. The regular season and the playoffs are two very different animals, and we all know that. They are two incredibly different animals. So just because you show well in the playoffs doesn't mean it's going to just go Stand right into the regular season next year. It's a, grind, yeah. it's a grinded out year, and it's going to be a long year, and he's a little kid. Stanley Cup had two Atlantic teams in it. So, I mean, it he's was an definitely LFG an anomaly of the year. With another LFG. They're a little line. You really don't. I don't think the the Canadians have a system in place to incubate a 70-point player. They don't. I mean, they have a, a 50-50 power play. They roll lines. The disparity between the top-line time on ice and the bottom-line time on ice is like three or four minutes. I think when we looked at it, it was... Uh, it was Deneau with like 17 and change and Corey Perry with like 14 and change. So they're, they're rolling lines. You know, you don't have any true 1A anywhere. So unless they shift to something that is similar to that, I don't think we're going to get anybody out of Montreal that's even going to flirt with 70 points. So I'm I'm right there with you. And I like, I like the avenue that you took. That's not maybe, I don't hate this guy. It's just that I think, you know, people like him more than me. You so know? much I think, more. I th- yeah, and I and like, I like, and I I like, like that him. angle. That's the thing. Rookies are really hard to follow, like throughout the year too. I was super into Drake Batherson this year early on. Uh, his advanced stats were super good, and then he had a big breakout and he punt, punched a bunch of goals in. And I was like, oh man, this guy's gonna kill it for the rest of the year. And then he just kind of like he was okay, but he didn't really help your fantasy team for the last half. Like these rookies, they just they get hot and then something goes wrong and they can't adjust and they can't figure it out. Like they just go it's up and down crisis. so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like put Drake Batherson and the guys I like more than you. You'd I think. like I like Bath, but Batherson does other stuff. Like Caulfield yeah. has a grand total of n- negative hits in his career. I think at this it's point, like a Quinn Hughes. <laughs> very say that. <laughs> very much. Well, let's just skip right to the guys that I dislike. Because Quinn Hughes is on my list. Oh, come on. Find me a league. Find me a league that I own Quinn Hughes in. I don't because people like him more than me. Um, He's excellent if it's an offensive focused league where they don't have blocks and hits because, like, like it's kind of the joke. Right, <laughs> he blocks like Quinn Hughes. That's that's a joke which should not be made about a defenseman. But it's only hits our accidents. But he like he's incredible at power play points and and assists. Like he's he's huge for those things. Um, but yeah, I I the, I love the player. He's cute. He's snuggly. I'd love to like you know hold him close, but. I, it, I in fantasy I don't ever draft Quinn Hughes because he's just he's fantastic at assists. He's like a Voracek where it's like he's really good, but if it's a categories league, you're like you're really only one category he's covering. And is he a Tom man, Wilson kind of cute or no Tom? Like that's like sexy. That's like right, Ooh. right. Ooh. You take Different the lead. Coverage. Yeah, with Quinn, Quinn, I just want to snuggle a little bit. Like Tom, Tom can take the lead. Tom, Tom can... is a big spoon. Quinn is a little spoon. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Tom's that... more like the the teddy bear that the little spoon is holding. <laughs> it's, it's what Quinn uses. But I, I yeah, I, as far as fantasy goes, I actually dislike him in most in most formats. All right, uh, I think I'm up. It's it's Rob Thomas. And I'm just sick of hearing about how he's a breakout candidate. He's not. 
it's him and Ryan Donato every single year. Oh, he's a breakout candidate. It's a breakout candidate. Prove it. So maybe, maybe I could have him in, you know, the jaded category here, but I'm just, I'm, I'm over it. I, I don't think Rob Thomas is going to break out. I think he is what he is. He's a 55 ish kind of point guy. It just doesn't seem like an offensive powerhouse kind of team. Like you get guys that are good at a bunch, but you're not getting elite offense out of that team. And I think that's where Rob Thomas needs to click to be important in fantasy. And I, to me, I just don't see the, the same advanced stats every single year have been there every single year and every single year he does not pan out. So for me, other people can take Rob Thomas. If he clicks good, good for you. Uh, I'm not drafting him and I'll stream him. I have no problem streaming the guy in talking about him on stream day, but you know, I'm just, I'm off the, the Rob Tom train. And I don't think that's a huge surprise to anybody. I have, I have a lot. I'm going to have to cut some of these out myself. I mean, I can go quick <laughs> so much. fire on some of these for no reason guys, because some of them it's like, Hey, I don't like his face. Um, like just, yeah, just random reasons like that. Unleash the vitriol. Just get it. Go it. Do it. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about Patrick Line, so when when the time comes. <laughs> Gary Busey? Gary, yes, Gary Busey. <laughs> it looks like Gary Busey really does. It's fucking uncanny. It's uncanny. <laughs> uncanny. Uh, it's uncanny because they're 40 years difference in age, too. Gary Busey <laughs> is a hockey-playing time traveler. That's yeah. all I know. If anybody's a time traveler, it's Gary fucking Busey. He just right. he's well, crazy I'm gonna, enough I'm gonna to go, like be I'm that. I'm gonna go guy. next. I'm yeah. gonna take the reins Send here. It. I'm gonna go next, and this is a player that I truly believe that I do like less than a lot of other people, and that's Alex Petrangelo. He is over fucking rated, bro, and especially for eight point <laughs> eight million dollars a year until the friggin' four horsemen of the apocalypse comes <laughs> rolling down friggin' Las Vegas Boulevard, like he is on the books for friggin' ever for a ton of money and he's at like you know just over 0.5 points per game like he is not the same player as he was in st louis because he's playing a different role and in all honesty shea theodore is better the thing that alex petrangelo is good at doing is blocking shots he's fucking big that's why but like he is not the defenseman that you expect him to be his you know shooting percentage was way down this year um, you know, a quarter less than it has been like years prior, like at least recently it's been over 7%. This, you know, this past year is at, at, you know, in and around five, but dude, Shea Weber is just a better, a better defenseman. And, Shea Weber it's, too, yeah. and it's like, they paid all that money for Petrangelo. So like, well, we got to put him on the f- first power play. It looks paying him all that money. It's like Eric Carlson syndrome all over again. At least they're only paying eight point eight instead of eleven and a half. Bunch of friggin' idiots. But yeah, no, Alex Petrangelo, overrated. I had him on my list as well. I'm high fiving you virtually and not telling you about it. So it's nice. Super- Did didn't you and and Nate have a disagreement on Twitter about Alex Petrangelo? Is that something that needs to get rehashed here? I guess. Kind of, it, that's what, how. Nate that's what like born. Petrangelo? That's that's yeah. what kind of born this episode is. Bro. Is they they had a, a healthy debate, you know, and uh, Roger's like, we got to get you on the show to talk about it. So boys, take it away. 
And Nate, I'm I'm setting yeah. you up. I'm feeding you the sharks. Why is right. Alex Petrangelo good? Uh, to me, it's the shots. Like, no, he's not going to hit a ton, but he is going to get you blocks. And he puts shots on net, man. Like, third in D, uh, individual chances for and scoring chances for per 60. And he's out there, like, constantly. So he's going to put shots on net. Vegas, like, they can score. They might not be in the top five, but they're going to score their goals. So Petrangelo, I think, is going to be sneaky around 50 points if he falls this year because he had a down year, some shooting percentage luck there. I'll take that discount. Yeah, what, when did I get him in? The I think I got him in, like, the 14th round or something. It was something See, now crazy. that's value I'll take That's value. Yeah, yeah. That's value. 14th round, that's a different story. But, like, he is supposed to be a top defenseman. So, in most leagues, he's going to go at top defenseman, um, you know, picks. I, I, I don't see him going in the 14th round in most drafts. Yeah, Enough. yeah. That's the... That's a great value at that that point. That he is he is only about a half point per game defenseman. For what it's worth, Shea Theodore did edge him out later on in the year in power play time on ice by uh, it's like thirty four seconds. So you know, good things come to those who wait. All right, Raj, well I'll jump in. Or yeah, Nate, if you want, because I got another Vegas guy queued up, uh, Mark Stone. I. Part of it is his face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he does have a uh, face about him. Most of it is this crazy run he had this year. I kept waiting for it to fall down on him, but he had a 91-point pace, which is pretty crazy. Would you believe that Mark Stone has never scored more than 64 points in a single season? What is his highest point pace? His highest point pace was this year, 91. Okay. 91 was his point pace this year, but... What I'm looking at is all his advanced stats just like fell through the floor this year. But he had a 78% IPP, which is a career high. 12.2 on ice shooting percentage, which is a career high. 21.4% shooting percentage, career high. He was 301st in individual chances for per 60. Right around Rasmus Anderson, Rudolph Balsers, Tyler Johnson, Jake Evans. So you can miss me with that. Swerve, baby. Yeah. I'm all right with it. I mean, I, that, that shooting percentage is enough to send me the other way. Definitely. We can agree on that one for sure. He's um, he's he's one of those guys. He's a fantastic hockey player in real yeah. life, but for it's fantasy. Kind of like a Joel Erickson act. Come on oh. now. <laughs> Callback burn. Nice. I like right. it. If if Joel Erickson gets a ninety one point pace next year, <laughs> I'm looking forward to your fruit basket, I'll tell you. <laughs> Am I up? Uh did anybody not release their hatred in the rage room? It's Tyler Sagan. Uh I have liked Tyler Sagan in years past, but he's coming off a hip surgery, and I think that uh I think that's gonna be bad news. I think it's going to be extremely bad news. I know there was like a huge ascendance to, you know, he started off on the fourth line and then he kind of worked his way back up to the top line this past year. But I think, you know, in a full season, the, the, it's not a sprint. It's, you know, it's a, the, 
whatever the opposite of sprint is. I forget the word right now, but like marathon, I guess, is what I'm going for. I think Tyler Sagan's going to break down in a, in a big way. And when you got Rupee Hints right behind you and there there are options at center, for me, I think this is going to be a really bad year for Sagan. Uh, you also look at his, his at his shot totals that have just kind of dried up. And that's also something that's going in tandem with age. Maybe there's age-related decline to be seen here. Like two years, 17, 18, 18, 19, over four shots a game. This past year, granted, it was only three games, but it was 2.7. Last year, 3.6, which isn't that big of a fall. But there are certain things that I see that are not good. <clears throat> and a lot of it kind of ties back to John Klingberg. We talked about him as a huge power play defenseman, but the power play has shifted to a 50-50, and that is bad for Tyler Sagan, who is like 29, 25, 27 from 2016 to 2019. You're not getting close to 30 power play points with 50% power play share. So his totals are going to go down. His ice time is going down, and that's something hefty too. Like he was 21 minutes, um, you know, years four, three and four going back. But the last two years, it's 17 and 19. And this most recent year, 17, that's, again, three games. So they're easing him back. I just think the whole team dynamic has changed to a point where Tyler Sagan is not going to be as valuable as his name is. So it's nothing against the player. I'm going kind of where Zach was going. I think he's going to be overdrafted. I think there's going to be too high of expectations with Tyler Sagan. So for me, I'm off the Tyler Sagan train this year just because I see all these warning signs. And for me, there's there's too many question marks and there's too many red flags to get on that train. I'd love to hear if anybody has something to talk me off this cliff. Have you seen his abs? Please. He's got fucking... He's His very, Instagram game is solid. Tight. But unfortunately, my Yahoo League does not count Instagram likes as a category. I I put I it in. Get on I, that. I put it into the listener leagues this year. Did you? Are we Ab, drafting for abs for sixty? Abs? It's Sagan and it's Sagan and Barzell and <laughs> skyrocketing. Definitely um, want those eight packs. That, those are your first round. Kind of guys, and then the six packs in the middle rounds. Pat Maroon at the bottom, and Phil Kessel. God, they bring the kegs. They bring the kegs and they win cups. Well, one of them. I'm I'm okay with Sagan. I don't think he's gonna be super like a hot commodity or anything in drafts. I'll see where he's at. Like, I don't know if they've got anybody else to replace him minutes wise. So. I'll see where he's at. I'm not excited about him by any stretch, though. I got poopy roops, man. Poopy roops can do it. Maybe. Maybe he's good yeah. enough for me. That sounds like a 50-50 <laughs> shot. I'll take those <laughs> odds, baby. I'll take those odds, baby. All right, uh, Zach, are you up for some vitriol, or are we done with the hatred guys? Um, I think I'm done with the hatred guys. I, I mean, I still have my plethora of like for no reason, guys. Well, I have I have my own specific reasons. Let's hear it. Um, all right. I don't like you, Brent Burns. Um, Brent Burns, I also think is overrated, but I get it. Like the man scores points. However, 
Um, his point percentage has been dropping dramatically in the past couple of years. You know, he's getting down to being you know more of a half point per game player as opposed to a point per game player, which was very you know it wild while it lasted. But he scored too many points against me, which makes me not like him, and I I, I won't ever have him on my team. Uh, we talked about Patrick Line. Uh, he looks too much like Gary Busey. Um, also, enough said. Don't trust him. Don't. Yeah, don't trust him. <laughs> I had him on my team last year, and yeah, that didn't work out too well. So I'm done with that. Neil Pionk, I don't like you either. Uh, I have zero reason to not like Neil Pionk. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. To you. Like I, I, like I'm serious. But you guys know that I don't like Neil Pionk. Like it's, I think well, that's it's how- well known. That's everybody how everybody guys, right? everybody feels. Like he is everyone just so, hates Neil Pionk. He is just so fucking vanilla. Like <laughs> people don't like him. It's the, a guilty pleasure. Like he's not even like <laughs> butter brickle. Like he is straight up fucking <laughs> vanilla ice cream. Um, Casey DeSmith, you are a bad goalie, my man. You are just trash. <laughs> I don't like you. He's actually bad at the position of playing goalie. So people that like him, I don't get it. Uh, Victor Arvison, we already talked about him you know, a couple episodes back. People always try to add him into deals and try to trade him to me. I don't want fucking Victor Arvison on my team. <laughs> lastly, I- lastly, Devin Dubnik. He is just the worst. I had Devin Dubnik on my team for like multiple years, and he is just so bad. It's been five years since he's had a goal against average that's been below three. It's been five years <laughs> since he has had, you had him in his good year, though. A save percentage that's been above 900. Five years for both of those stats. Devin Dubnik is the fucking worst. I will never I have him on my team again. You had him in the year that he was really good. So I guess six years ago. Yeah, I had six Talbot. years ago. I had him. I had 73 <laughs> games played Talbot, and me and you were going head to head in goalie cats. Like, man. <laughs> It was Dubnik and Talbot. Talbot and Edmonton and Dubnik and Minnesota. That was yeah, that's back when it was, on Minnesota. was good times. Yep. All right, let's talk about guys who have burned bridges with us. I got a couple guys. Uh, Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha. Uh, wow. I've stuck my neck out on you it's guys too many times. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> and that just, You know what that means? That means that this is the year Dylan Larkin goes off. It's, it's, it's the year that I'm like, all right, I'm kind of I'm done drafting you in the in the fifth round and pretending to be smart. It never works out. Uh, Anthony Mantha, you know, maybe your top power play in in Washington. Fine. I, I liked you better in Detroit just because I was rooting for an underdog. But, you know, I don't know. But uh, I, I'll just clean up here. I got Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, he has definitely burned a bridge with me. I never owned him, but I always kind of stuck up for him because... I thought there was raw talent to be had there. Maybe there is. Maybe there's raw talent to be had there, but you got nobody else. The Buffalo Sabres are liquidating. It's like fucking, you know, I don't know if you guys have it, but Foreman Mills or like, you know, Mattress Giant. They're all just Sunday, fucking Sunday, always Sunday. just, Everything. yeah, liquidating, right? <laughs> they're, 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 it's a fucking, everything's got to go. And Burlington Rospistani's got nobody. Burlington Cofractor, there you go. Or like Nordstrom Racker, I don't know. Like, there's going to be nobody left for Rossman Stalin to play with. And 
you know, there, there are guys out there that have told me he doesn't need anybody to score. And well, he's had people to score with and it just hasn't fucking happened. And now he's got nobody. So he's definitely burned a bridge for me. Maybe the way I want to put this is, okay, you guys have been innocent until proven guilty. Now you're guilty. So you're guilty until proven innocent. So prove me wrong and I'll happily go back on it. But uh, it's just, it's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not targeting you guys. I'll take you if there's value there, but I'm definitely not targeting you guys this year. I think we could pretty much just fan that out to just say everyone on Buffalo this year. Like, it's been fairly – I've spent some time complaining about Taylor Hall and how he he didn't burn the bridge and then he pissed on it and then he brought his grandparents over to piss on it and then take a shit on it. Like, it's – he was Damn, not – that Jesus Christ. Dude, <laughs> nine, he was after what nine, your nine million dollars. Google history look like fuck me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, right, you get off. No more moonshine for Raj. You get no- <laughs> knocks on the door if you. If you, you need search. more Mike's lemonade. It was all fucking <laughs> rainbows and lollipops last fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, I, dr- I was drinking Mike's uh, hard lemonade, but it was the blue freezy flavor last time and they were making fun of me so now i gotta have man drinks but um i get the cans with the chest hair (laughs) they actually have chest hair on it do do you know what the camel clutch the cobra clutch do you know that move Uh the iron cheek the hell is that you're americans i thought you'd understand wrestling wrestling fake wrestling Uh, iron cheek yeah oh jesus no. Talk about wrestling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, Rod Shirk, grown man. You know who burned a big bridge with me, obviously, was Taylor Hall. I mean, I figured the whole thing that what kind of Buffalo thought when they brought him there. All of your teams last year had Taylor Hall and Travis Konechny on them. All yeah. Them. Yeah. That's, yeah. So that's how that went. But uh, I do think Taylor Hall found a spot in Boston, but um, I'm just fucking mad. I'd rather take uh, Krejci if I can take a Boston guy. But Taylor Hall definitely burned down a bridge, and as I said so rudely a second ago, he did other things to it as well. Have you ever heard the joke, the uh, aristocrats? Aristolinocrats? Go look up the joke aristocrats, and that's what I think of Taylor Hall. I know about the the movie The Aristocats. Yeah, I've seen the. It's a very very cat movie. Very different. Th- the Aristocrats is a joke that is passed down from comedians that they don't tell on stage; they tell in the back room after shows. And the whole point is, how fucked up can you be telling this joke? And that's kind of how bad I feel towards Taylor Hall. It must got to be. And the re- yeah. Last year was tough for him. I see it. All right. Nate, is there anybody you have, like, an unnecessary disdain for? Yeah. Um, first one's Bob Bugner because he keeps putting Timo <laughs> Meyer at, like, 14 minutes, and that's really harsh in my vibe. Yeah, so, it really is. Done with you, Bob Bugner. Fucking love it. Go back to being a defenseman who can't skate. 
Um, speaking of defensemen who can't skate, Eric Carlson. Uh, oh, <laughs> not. Oh, I, I, I almost put Brent Burns slash Eric Carlson. Yeah, but we already, I, I already like, kind of brought him up with his, you know. I don't know how he like forgot how to play hockey along with getting injured and like I just don't know how that just went away for him but I don't care to find out again so that's another one and Philip Zadina I was super you're you're telling me you're over Zadina already I am that was quick he, he does nothing like every like 10 games he has like one big game and he has like seven scoring chances i'm like see there's something there and then nothing <laughs> he had a chance with larkin this year he had some great power play time nothing so i am out on zadina all right i'll take him uh all right, i'm done with the guys that burned bridges on me let's talk about some early breakout calls just to associate with our names you know, Apples and Genos can have their own breakout guys. Raj can have his inside of Five Hall Fantasy. Zach, the same thing. Who are you guys calling for breakouts? I, I kind of already covered Nikolai Ehlers. I think there's a lot to be had there. Um, so he's my first one. Well, Zach, it should or get off, off with the you, pot. Buddy. I mean, a, a breakout for him. He's been in the league a while. I'm going to stick with Nick Robertson. He is my breakout guy of the year this year. Okay. Zach brought up mine actually, um, which is which is my only positive Canuck comment of the day, which is Connor Garland. I think this year is going to be a, a bit of a year for him. Um, assuming I assume a hundred percent, it's going to be uh, Horvat and him and Hoglander, and uh, I think that's going to be a I think it's going to be a little breakout for <clears throat> for him. I mean. Does he break 55 points? Yeah. That's 50, a good over-under. I think so, points. too, because at 55, that would already be... Wouldn't that be his highest of his career? Even just at 55? He's I don't have it in front play, of me, but I think so. He's never played next to a Hoglander, though. 58 oh, points. Oh. 58 yeah, right? points. Hoglander. Oh, my God. Yeah, you man. Put it on your resume. <laughs> 58 points for Garland this year. And Bo Horvat is fucking good, man. Like, he. I, I'm not he has disagreeing been... with you. I'm the one that w- involved Horvat. Bo Horvat is my, like 55 point guy. Garland. Yeah. How is Bo Horvat going to give Connor Garland more points than he gets himself? Jason Dickinson is how, because now it's not. What? Bo, yeah, absolutely. Bo Horvat has been like designated to be the defensive defenseman for Vancouver. And he, now that Dickinson is there, he can actually play that role that we don't need to have Beagle. <laughs> or, you know, like I, I really do think like and some some of it's the moonshine talking. And but a, a bunch of it was already <laughs> written down before that. Um, I think uh, <clears throat> Horvat, Hoglander, and Garland are gonna be a really breakout line this year. Actually, just hold Moving me and tell it. me it's okay. That's all I want. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You know, I heard. I heard the NHL Fantasy on Ice 
call the Canucks a, a top two team in the Pacific. So you guys are on your fucking way, right? Well, that doesn't feel very good. <laughs> Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> I got Charlie McAvoy for a breakout. He was running the top power play in the playoffs. I think that's going to stick. I'm I'm planting my flag right there. I think Charlie McAvoy keeps top power play. I think it is a beautiful marriage, and I think he surprises a lot of people at a pretty reasonable ADP because he's not somebody that we really think about as far as recency bias goes when it comes to playoff performances. It was kind of behind the scenes that McAvoy was running the top power play, and I think Matt Grizzlick was loud enough during the season that McAvoy might be behind the scenes to a certain degree. I think there's... There's going to be a mystique there, right? Like, like not a lot of people are in on it unless you are absolutely paying attention. And I think McAvoy pays dividends. I'm planting my flag right there. Obviously, there's a lot of offseason left. Maybe they signed Tyson Berry, maybe Dougie Hamilton. I, you know, you never know. You never know. But as the roster stands right now, I got Charlie McAvoy pegged for an immense breakout on that top power play. Like and Grant. It. I like and it. he would also be somebody that I would be changing my tune on. Nope. You all right, Raj? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have, uh, I've never been a huge fan of McAvoy just because he's like hits and blocks and that's it. Right. So I think there's going to be points to be had there too this year. So I think McAvoy is going to be somebody I am targeting going into next year. Huzzah. Huzzah. Next up. I'll take it. I'll go Wallstrom here. I uh, talked about him before, Ooh, but uh, I think he's in line for a big breakout. Um, not many people are going to know him. It might not be from uh, first day of the season, but I think he's going to be a lot of, on a lot of playoff rosters and a lot of championship rosters by the end of the year. So that'd be my number one. And my number two would be Rossi. Uh, I know this is where there's a big difference between you and me, between him and Erickson Eck, but I think, like, Rossi's been skating since the first week of June. Um, saw a video today that got me super hyped up. And skating and playing the Colorado Avalanche are two very different things. And that's, that's all true. I need to say. But all I need him to do is be on power play one with Caprizov and Fiala, and he's going to score me 60 points. So I'll take wow. it. I don't okay. know. Again, I don't think that happens from day one. So he's probably not going to actually score 60 but i think he can hit that pace towards the back half of the year and again be on a lot of playoff team rosters and a lot of championship team rosters who's got breakouts i'm ready to go i'm rearing i said my breakout i think it's gonna be nick robertson i'm going brady kachuk i think he's Fucking a stud Tolvan and boy <laughs> eli Tolvan. <laughs> Raj is fucking rowdy he said by the end of the episode, he's either going to be fucking wasted or he's going to be asleep. I think we found the former. Uh, Brady Kachuk, he is a stud in Cats Leagues. I think he, he starts to shine in Points Leagues, too. Um, he's been a powder keg for expected goals. He's been a powder keg for you know shooting percentage breakout. His shot volume is just Tyler Toffoli-esque on steroids, right? Like he Tyler Toffoli finally had his breakout. Um, you know, with against Vancouver, but really, but um, you know, I think I think Brady Kachuk just puts it all together this year. Everything points towards it. Maybe it's just another year waiting, but uh, I'm ready to plant my flag there. And I know if I draft him the first round, 
most of the leagues I play in count hits, count blocks, maybe count pims, uh, count shots. So I'm not going to be disappointed, whatever. But I think we're getting out of that 50 point range, and I think we're getting closer to getting closer to 70. So I think Brady Kachuk has a hell of a season this year. Anybody agreed. left? Agreed. Are we talking curtains? Or are we talking more breakouts? I don't have any more. That's it for me. I'm good. All right, that's curtains. Yay. All right, so thank you, Nate, for for hanging out tonight, man. That's it's fun. been uh, it's been good fun. And uh, yeah. So, what are we what are we doing next? I think we're talking about uh, we're doing like our divisional previews. So we're gonna go team by team. Hopefully, the the chips start to fall. Um, we're gonna kick that off in August. So. I don't think you guys are going to be getting a, a Thursday episode here just yet, but we're definitely going to start that off in August. One more time, Nate, everybody, they can find you where? Uh, Twitter's best spot, at AppleSGinos, A-P-P-L-E-S-G-I-N-O-S. Can still do it. Nice. Uh, and AppleSandGinos.wordpress.com. That's the best two spots. Good follow. Good, good follow right there. Yeah, man. Get after it. And uh, you got a Discord as well. So definitely worth pumping. And that's it for us, guys. So uh, we'll catch you next time in August for team previews and shit. So until then, we love you. Love you. Love you.